0: Hanging with D's little bonus coverage. Episode thirty-four, probably going to be a short one, but fuck it, we're feeling good, although not as good as we should be feeling. But a win is a win is a win. Yeah, eleven and zero. Literally, game ended five minutes ago. Nineteen to fourteen, Steelers win, and it was way the score was way closer than the actual game. Um, I mean, if you looked at stats, Pittsburgh just. Pretty much dominated for the most part. At one point they had five uh held the Ravens to five yards passing. And the biggest problem nobody could hang on to the ball. No. I I mean it started with uh the muff punt by Ray Ray McLeod, and from there it just seemed like everybody decided to stop catching the football. At <laughs> uh, it the uh, the most Op- or inopportune times I mean we got in the red zone what three times and we had a pick yeah. and Ebron dropped one Juju dropped one Deontay dropped a couple uh Chase dropped one or two uh just sloppy sloppy football and uh, Ben ended up throwing 51 passes which is not uh, I mean that's not out of the ordinary for him this year they're they're yeah. quick strike passing game and um, they actually mentioned it on the broadcast tonight several times that kind of Became our our run game really. I mm-hmm. you put that in with the run game, but and also big props to Benny Snell who in that last couple of drives had a couple of monster runs and really kind of sealed the deal. I'm still kind of iffy on that last run. I don't. I mean, I don't know where exactly the marker was, but from the camera angle, I saw that to me that looked like fourth and inches or fourth and a half inch.
1: Yeah. There was a replay shot though, where it looks like where he landed was beyond the marker though. So, I mean, it could have been. Yeah, the-
0: it was very, very close, and I knew that the replay wasn't going to overturn it just because, it, for one, when you see a spot reviewed, unless it is just blatant, they'll they never overturn those, right? And so, yeah, it was. Uh, like I said, had to had to sweat a lot more than uh, I anticipated, uh, given the fact that. Baltimore basically came in with a, a bunch of ragtag guys, and and RG three was not good. No, seven of twelve for thirty three yards with a whopping two point eight, and of course he threw the pick six on their second drive, I believe. Yeah, um, did decent running the ball, but uh, only him. I mean, we pretty much shut down everybody else. T- trying to run. Gus Edwards had nine carries for only 10 yards. Did have the one touchdown. Uh, Justice Hill, nine carries for 35. So that's 3.9. That's not horrible, but um, definitely was not the running attack that we saw the first time we played Baltimore when they had, of course, everybody healthy and they put what was it? Over 200 yards rushing on us. Something like that, yeah, yeah. And uh, I mean, Benny Snell only had 60 yards, but he had 60 tough yards and they came at the, the right moments. I mean, that last uh, bounce out for a first down there on that final drive was, was huge.
1: When he ran over Peters. Yeah, when he
0: yeah, yeah made, made Peters his bitch. Um, Ebron started off the game the first half looking great. Uh, some big catches. And then, like I said, he had a couple of drops. And they didn't really look his way again after that. I mean, the same could be said for every every receiver that he threw to, with the exception of uh, James Washington, I think had a drop. Um, well, Anthony McFarlane only had one target and he caught it, but Washington just had one that was overthrown, but everybody else uh, dropped a pass at some point. Juju, Deontay, Claypool, Ebron. Um, and then, of course, Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown had uh, – Four catches for 85 yards, but 70 of them came on one fucking play that, yeah. that made the game appear to be a lot closer than it was statistically. What the fuck was Edmonds even doing on that play? I have no idea. I mean, that was a blown coverage. I mean, f- he was wide open, and then that's one of those guys that when you give him that much space, you're probably not going to catch him just because right. he gets in and out of his cuts so, so quick. And uh, Mika... Tried his best to to take an angle and and cut him off, but uh, somebody that quick, you're you're probably going to lose that fight. Uh, T.J. Watt, great game, had uh, seven tackles, four solos, two sacks to now take the NFL lead with eleven um, over, I think Aaron Donald actually is second now, past um, Cleveland's Miles Garrett. Mm. So. TJ Watt is uh, well on his way to a possible defensive player of the year. One major concern, though, Bud Dupree. Um, yeah. I don't know if you saw the replay. You were in the other room.
1: I did not know. He
0: was rushing the passer untouched, and his right knee just buckled, mm. and he went down and, and started beating the turf. It's not, it's, no, yeah. That's no, that's horrible for us. Yep. That is uh, indic- in, indic- indicative of a torn ACL. I don't want to completely speculate, but just about any time I've seen a situation like that where a player basically crumbles like that with nobody touching him, it's not good. And Same
1: thing that happened to Devin Bush, right?
0: More or less, yeah. yeah. I mean, that that was, yeah. Um, if I could be a little on the optimistic side, mm-hmm. he did walk off the field. There was no cart. Yeah. Walked off the field to the locker room, but uh, Bud Dupree is pretty tough. Mm-hmm. Um, hell, we've seen Phillip Rivers play on a torn ACL. Yeah. So I'm not going to get my hopes too too high because mm. it, it could still be bad. But I'm hoping against all hope that it's just some kind of sprain or, you know, I don't know, meniscus anything minor that that maybe holds him out a few weeks and getting back come playoff time cuz um not, and now is the worst possible time to get an injury. Yeah. And <laughs> Yeah. They they that's an interesting. We're looking at a meme right now of the Cleveland that was yeah. Not a first down. First down. Although to be fair, you can see that chain has got slack in it, and I'm describing a picture to people like they can actually fucking yeah, know, see it. Right. But uh, but anyway, yeah, that was the image down there where it looks like it wasn't a first down. But right, uh, I don't know how they uh, they rule that. And of course, camera angles and stuff sometimes play tricks on you. But right. Uh, but yeah, Bud Dupree is. Uh, we're gonna need him. And we're in the middle of this brutal stretch now of three games in thirteen days. Uh, One down. Now they got a a quick turnaround, and I I love the comment that Ben made just now on the the post game interview. They asked him what what's next. He said, "Well, we got a a few hours turnaround before we play this doubleheader or whatever they're having us do." Uh, Because yeah, Monday they got to turn around and play Washington, who even though they're only four and seven, they're no you know they're no slouch. Their defense is tough. They have a pass rush. Um, Alex Smith is starting to look more and more comfortable back there. So we'll see. I mean, yeah, they looked good, but they looked good against the Dallas Cowboys. So uh, hopefully everybody comes back healthy. And even if Bud is out, um, we drafted. uh, I'm going to draw a blank on his name. Uh number fifty six. Highsmith. Know. Oh Alex true. Alex Highsmith, outside linebacker, who has shown flashes this year. Um He's at, not Bud Dupree, though. No, he's no Bud Dupree. Um mm-hmm. our our best hope is that he could uh sport that fifty six the way that uh Woodley did. All right. More more on the Woodley side and less on the uh Chicolo side. Although Chickolo Chiquilo. chiquilo He had a, he had some decent games here and there, but I think he's in. I saw him. He he was playing this weekend.
1: I know Pittsburgh cut him because of domestic violence, right? Oh, Philly.
0: He's oh, okay. he's in Philly now. Oh, poor bastard. Right. And and so's Javon Hargrave. Mm. So yeah, not feeling too good for those guys. Nah. Um. But yeah, I mean, like I said, the. Score was a lot closer than the game felt. Uh, RG3 did it leave the game, what, about midway through the fourth uh, with what yeah. appeared to be a hamstring issue. He he pulled up lame there in the – was it second or third quarter that that happened?
1: I think it was the third.
0: Or it, it didn't – yeah, I mean, he pulled up lame, and I thought he wasn't going to come back. But then he he played and actually had a couple of decent runs after that, and – uh, then in the fourth quarter, apparently the pain became too much because they strapped the ice on him, and they brought in Trace McSorley, who his first drive looked like he was lost, and, and then second drive, he was helped by piss-poor coverage and threw to a wide-open Hollywood Brown, who subsequently made the game look like the way it looked. But um, at the same time, it's Steelers-Ravens. Yeah, I mean, that's... It just it doesn't seem to matter who's playing, or you know, no matter what the records are. It seems like when those two teams meet,
1: Charlie Batch has a few wins it, against the Ravens. Yeah, it's left, which just has one. it's
0: yeah. it's gonna be a close game. They just whether it's weird shit happening or it just it always seems to work out that that game goes down to the wire, and um, I, I'm glad that it was more than three points. Because the whole Justin Tucker thing, he had he yeah. was he was out of the fucking the picture at that point. So we got that, um, and yeah, the, the other thing in the post game interview, and this is this is Roethlisberger being a good teammate when they asked him what went wrong, and he basically took the blame on himself, saying the offense did not look good, I didn't play good, and what he wanted to say was these motherfuckers better start catching these balls because. Yeah. Uh, uh, you might be able to point out one or or two of those drops and say eh, that wasn't a perfectly thrown ball, but it doesn't matter. They were they were catchable. Mm-hmm. And even the ones that were perfectly thrown balls that they dropped, um, I'm pretty sure two of them would have went for touchdowns. Yeah. And yeah, you could just tell he was not happy and that in front of the camera he was being a good teammate. But. Uh, I'd like to say that in that locker room, he's probably pulling the guys off to the side saying, hey, you know, you get paid to do this. You need to hang on to the fucking ball or shit's going to happen. And that's what happened. I mean, that, the they should have been up three touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, early, by, before the second quarter, I think we could have been up three touchdowns. But it is what it is, and what it is is a fucking win. Yeah. And that's 11-0. and
1: did you see? Uh, well, I just saw it while we were getting ready. Pittsburgh Dad, great YouTube account to check. Oh out yeah, haven't yeah. already. Um, every after every win, he posts on Facebook. Three, two, one, win. This time he posted three, two, one. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs>
0: <'Cause> that's when <what laughs> the game was supposed to be played, right? Yeah, I love that. There was all the graphics were showing Sunday Night Football and the special edition. It should have been called the Sunday Night Football Prevent presents a Thanksgiving primetime special on Wednesday afternoon or something. uh, If you haven't seen the story, the reason it was played at uh, 2.40 Central Time today is because NBC had already committed to the Rockefeller Christmas Tree special tonight with a bunch of musical artists that I don't really give a shit about.
1: I know, they said the biggest stars in music. I'm like, okay, I know who Gwen Stefani is. Okay, I know who Kelly Clarkson is. I don't know who the fuck that is. I don't know who the fuck that is. I think I've heard of them. I don't know who the fuck that is <laughs> like
0: Yeah, it was uh it, it was definitely not something I'm going to tune in for, that's for damn sure.
1: A lot of people do watch it though, so. Well,
0: yeah, yeah, there's but um and I, it's just I mean, given the whole COVID situation that that thing is I mean, it's outside, so I'm sure there's going to be some some people there maybe, mm-hmm. although it is New York, so maybe I don't know. Maybe they they won't fucking do it. I uh, I know for like this year will be the first time in ages that they will not allow people on uh, at Times Square mm-hmm. for the the ball drop. Um. So yeah, be interesting to see if they allow people there. I still won't watch it though. Right. Uh. So anyway, yeah, that wraps up what has become the longest week in uh, NFL history, and. One final note, uh, Hollywood Brown, fuck you. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Because that 70-yard touchdown that he caught pushed my brother over the edge and ended up beating me by four points because I had the Steelers' defense, so I lost points because they allowed more than 13, Mm -hmm. and he had Hollywood Brown and got double points because it was a long touchdown. Yeah. Yeah, Go fuck yourself, Hollywood Brown. You and your fucking faggot cousin, and whoa, go whoa, eat a dick. Whoa, yeah, whoa, I apologize, but I don't. <laughs> Fuck off. A little upset right now. But I'm still in first place by a full game, so there's that. Anyway. So now, like I said, uh got that game on uh, Monday. We we briefly talked about it in the show earlier today, but uh I, I still think we can beat Washington. Yeah. Even if if Dupree's out. Other than, than Dupree, I believe we came out of there pretty healthy. Yep. Um, losing Pouncey is going to hurt because he's probably going to be out, but it, it depends because they haven't said whether or not he's out due to being a close contact or if he tested positive. If he tested positive, he he won't play. Right. And we already know James Conner is out for the Washington game because he is, in fact, positive. Um. But but Pouncy, hopefully he was a close contact and just has to sit the mandatory five days and and comes out clean and can play um, Monday. Now the rule is they put him on the list today, but the rule is is that five day period starts when you last had the close contact with whoever it was that tested positive, and they have not said that yet. So we'll be monitoring that very closely, uh, as well as the Bud Dupree thing. Uh, so yeah, that. Wraps up NFL week number 12, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah 12. So moving on from that, uh, Dylan, you had a bit of Dave Chappelle. News. Yeah, did you?
1: Well, I already asked you this, so I don't know why I'm asking you this again. Um, about last week, Dave Chappelle posted a video on his Instagram stories, and it was like 15 minutes. And it, it's just from a recent stand up special, uh, not a special, but a set. And it's titled Unforgiven. Um, he did something similar six months ago as a like response to the George Floyd situation where it's a section from his set that it's not comedy at all. He just is making a point about something. Um, the one he did, he basically it was about people stealing from him. Like he told a story. He started doing stand-up when he was 15. He had a joke about some like industrial condom because it was that – height of the AIDS crisis. And this comedian's like, Oh, let me borrow that joke from you. I have a showcase set. Um, yeah, sure. Whatever. And then he said next week, I saw the guy doing the same joke and I confronted him about it and goes, Oh, you know what? I meant to actually ask you, I want to buy that joke from you. Dave's like, uh, no, I kind of need it. Guy's like, all right, well, how about I just fucking take it then? So he told that story, which led into a story when, he was like 18, this guy, he got ripped off in like three card money or whatever. And he ended up calling the guy out and the guy was like, Hey, never get between a man and his money or whatever. You make, makes you wonder like, okay, where's he going with this? And he started talking about how two weeks ago, at least from when he filmed it, um, Chappelle show debuted on Netflix and HBO go. And he talked about how everyone assumes I got rich from that show. I really didn't because I quit the show they were under no obligation to pay me like any part of my contract. My initial agreement to start the show was peanuts. So I really did not get rich from that show. And he talked about how it's bullshit that Comedy Central still making money off the show and he's not getting dick. He's not getting royalties or anything like that. So he went to Netflix because Netflix has done his last two or three specials. I can't remember how many he's done with them now. And just told him, he, the way he put it was, you know why I fuck with Netflix? Because I, I told him... That it bothered me that they were doing that, knowing I wasn't getting any money from it. And Netflix agreed, and they took down my special, or they took Chappelle show off Netflix.
0: I did see that. Yeah. Um. I don't remember. Who was Who was I? Oh, maybe it was the Rogan thing where he was talking about that.
1: I thought he did that before Rogan, but I don't know. Anyway.
0: Yeah. Anyway, so I did see a thing where he talked about them taking the show off net. Maybe I read an article. Right. Um, but yeah, because he wasn't getting paid and Netflix doesn't want to piss off.
1: Uh, no. The, why would you want to the golden goose yeah, there? Exactly. I mean,
0: cause his specials have been, uh, very popular on there. Well, he's um, fucking Dave Chappelle. Yeah.
1: And he basically, he ended it pretty cool. Cause, uh, you know, HBO go, they don't give a fuck. And he also talked about how he pitched Chappelle show to HBO and their direct quote to him was, why do you think we need you? So, he tells the story, Netflix, they're going to deplatform, you know, take it off their platform, and he said, so now I'm asking you, HBO, what do you need me for? And he's like, I, I talked to my agent, I'm like, is there anything we can do? And he said, no, you sign the contract, there's nothing we can do. He goes, so, finally, I'm going to ask my real boss, the audience, do me a favor, um, don't cancel HBO Go or anything like that, or HBO Max and HBO Go, they have, like, four different platforms. Right. Uh, just don't watch my fucking show. Just do not watch my show on that channel, at all. Don't watch Chappelle's show or anything. He's basically said, "Don't boycott the networks. Boycott me." Wow. And he said, "HBO. I want to. I'd love to work something out where I get uh, you know, money from it, or not. I'll just fucking take it from you." I'm gonna call back to the right. earlier story. So I, it's fifteen minutes long. I didn't do it justice. Obviously, you got to do the footnotes version, but it's—I recommend watching it. It's not comedy, but it's him telling a really, really good story. So,
0: and you said this is on Netflix, or no? It was an a... Instagram story. If you YouTube, oh, it's okay, right on there. I got you, I got you.
1: Yeah, if you YouTube it. Uh,
0: right just real quick to circle back to uh, Steelers Ravens in the postgame press conference. One of the reporters asked Tomlin what he would attribute the dropped passes and red zone issues to. And Tomlin's answer, in perfect Mike Tomlin fashion, us sucking. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah, that pretty much summed it up. Their red zone offense uh, was bad, but what made it worse were the the drop passes. I mean, you you can't sit there and, I mean, yeah, maybe the play calling was a little questionable, but uh, if those guys don't drop those passes, we're having a completely different discussion here because we're up, at that point, probably 21 to seven or whatever the score was at the time.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, another reason I was hoping for a blowout just cause, Hey, it's stress-free and, you know, watch them kick the shadow. The Ravens is always fun, but I've already seen it. NFL memes talking shit. It's
0: like, Oh, they fucking barely beat a practice squad. Ravens team. Yeah. And it's
1: like I'm fucking eleven to no fuckers. Yeah. Shit. I
0: mean, again, I'm, I'm kind of like Ben and, and Tomlin. I wasn't uh, happy with how we looked, but winning, winning ugly is still winning. Yeah, you know what I mean. And and uh, Joe Hayden, don't sue me. But th- that was literally his quote to Aditi mm. Uh Winning ugly is still winning. We didn't lose, and yeah, that's that's right. Uh, a win is a win is a win. I'll take it any way I can get it. Uh, only thing they can do now is is try and clean it up and be better next time. You know, I mean, you look at every good team through history you can find games that they looked bad but still managed to pull out a win and that's what good championship quality teams do you you win the game however the fuck you you need to to win it right um oh i moving on from that i do remember a couple of things i was going to bring up first off today um for those of you that listen to us in on any regularity you know that we are old school wrestling fans and today we lost pat patterson who was uh 79 i believe they said yeah right there 79 um been with the wwf and e for most of his career Mm -hmm. or at least his latter career he you know made his way around probably all the territories back in the day territory um but he was he was a legend i mean in his prime, he was known as one of the the better workers out there. And then he became um, a character in the attitude era as they called him. He was one of the stooges along with Gerald Briscoe. Uh, But what a lot of people don't know is that Pat Patterson worked very closely behind the scenes to not only Vince McMahon, but to a lot of the main event talent. Mm -hmm. And a lot of those, fantastic finishes that you would see in matches that, that told a story. Um, Pat Patterson was behind a lot of those. Mm. He was a genius when it came to figuring out how to, as they say in the wrestling business, go home and, and, and give the crowd, you know, something to talk about. And he would come up with uh, a, a lot of those, those great finishes. And Shawn Michaels, uh, was one of the guys that he worked closely with where they would, you know, come up with with that kind of stuff. And then keeping with the wrestling theme, I think, uh, I don't know if we talked about it on the air or not, but in case you missed it, uh, Survivor Series was two weeks ago, and it was the quote-unquote, finger quotes, final farewell for The Undertaker. Mm -hmm. And you kind of told me that, or or led me to believe that there was going to be a match.
1: That's what I thought, but but there Yeah,
0: there wasn't. They just, it was... (sighs) It was really kind of strange. Yeah. Um, they brought down all these old legends, like, um, the, the Godfather, and
1: those two are like legitimately friends.
0: Yeah. But God, there were, now um the, the Godwins. Uh, uh-huh. and just a, a lot of people. I think Rikishi might have been one. No, Rikishi's,
1: Rakishi's alive. No, oh, he is alive.
0: <laughs> uh, he might have been one of them. Um, but just for the most, Flair and, and Triple H, obviously, Shawn Michaels, obviously, and then some other guys that were kind of like, who? Mm-hmm. Um, but they all come out in regular clothes, like they're at the event. And then Kane comes out in full Kane, you know. Get up. Yeah. Get up. So you're thinking, okay, maybe maybe there's something to this. And then... The music hits and Undertaker comes out and he does his slow walk to the ring. And then when he gets to the ring, all the legends are gone that were in the ring. They just, they weren't there. Yeah. And he gets in the ring and says that, you know, the, the time has come for for me to let the Undertaker rest in peace. And then they had a cool little hologram of Paul Bear holding the urn and Undertaker goes down a one d and does his thing mm-hmm. and lightning strikes. And, and that was it. Kind of lame. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I mean, maybe his body won't let him have one more match because I, you know, he's talked about how he can't get up in the morning without extreme pain and Mm. he's got so much metal in his hips and everything. But it just, I don't know. It seemed kind of weird. And no
1: fans like to shit away. That
0: too, you know, with the whole COVID thing, it was basically an empty ring. And of course, they had all the screens of everything. But, uh, I mean, the guy was just an absolute legend. And one thing a lot of people don't know is that the reason he went to the WWF was because of Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. Um, he worked on a very bad movie that Hogan put out, Suburban Commando. <laughs> and uh, back then, I think he he did wrestle under Mean Mark in the WCW. Yeah, mean Mark Callis, right? Cal- Calloway. Cal- Mark, Mark Calloway, or maybe it was Mark Callis. I think it was Callis. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, but yeah, and he was relatively unknown. He was actually part of a tag team with uh, Kevin Nash.
1: I did know that. Yeah.
0: And he worked on this movie with uh, with Hogan, and Hogan was like, "You, I got to introduce you to Vince because back then Hogan was still the guy in in WWF, or even though he was close to the end of his first tenure in WWF." Um, but anyway, they come up with this character, the Undertaker, and it was a real gimmicky thing that you know it worked back then, but people didn't think it was something that was going to last. And here we are, almost thirty years later, yeah. and uh, the guy's still doing it. But. Yeah,
1: several people have said that you give that gimmick to anyone else and it does not work. It's just uh, Mark yeah, Calloway is such a talented motherfucker that he pulled it off. Yeah, I mean the presence and, and whatnot,
0: and whether it was him or or somebody guiding him along the way, the character evolved, Mm -hmm. you know, because when he first came out, he he never spoke. His look was even kind of cartoony with the purple and everything. And as the years went by, he he evolved. And even tried to to lose the gimmick for, what was that, a couple years, year and a half, two years, where he went to the American badass thing. That was longer than that. That Was Was it? Three years. Okay. Four years ago. Um, I did like how they brought it back. Yeah, you know, they had the uh, buried alive match, and Kane buries him alive, and then lightning strikes the grave, and then next thing you know, Dead Man's back. You yeah. know, so. Um, but yeah, I mean, if if you've been a wrestling fan over the last, like I said, thirty years, um, you've seen a lot of the Undertaker. So sad to see him go. Part of me doesn't quite. Buy it though.
1: With wrestlers, you never know. I mean, how yeah. many guys retired? Like Terry Funk, like retired five different times or something.
0: Uh, yeah, and I, I think, here, here's my prediction: If this whole COVID thing truly comes to an end this year, this year being 2021, which, for all intents and purposes, they're talking these vaccines. It's a possibility that maybe by the summer. And even even Dr. Fauci has said that by September, NFL stadiums should, could, he said, be at capacity. Mm -hmm. Again, all all depends on what happens, A, with the whole fucking presidential debacle and, and whether or not they can roll out these vaccines and we can actually get back to some sense of fucking normal in this country. But if they get to the point where they can have fans and sell tickets, I think... Maybe by the end of the year, maybe even WrestleMania, he'll he'll go out the way that he should, which Man. is in the ring. That's, I mean, you you never want to see a wrestler's career end outside of the ring, mm-hmm. especially somebody like that. I mean, if you look through history at, at all the great ones, you know, they went out doing what they love, like Flair and and Michaels, and I mean, well, not really Hogan. Hogan kind of had that last match with Flair, but it still. He wrestled wrestled TNA
1: several times. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. And he did it on his own, that Mm -hmm. whatever GSW or whatever promotion that they put together just for that one match. And then, of course, it never did another fucking thing after that. But Mm -hmm. um, you still, you, you want to see a wrestler like that go out in the ring where the fans can truly, you know shower them with the the respect and admiration for some of that sacrifice so much over the years.
1: Do you, well, of course, before he got to WWE, he was in WCW and who I think at the time, uh, Anderson was running it or Uh was a higher up then he, he told the undertaker, Mark Calloway, the worst take in the history of worst takes or one of the worst takes ever, which is no one will ever pay money to see you wrestle. Who said that? Ole Anderson said that to Mark Calloway, obviously The Undertaker.
0: But not as The Undertaker. Well no, but that was, oh, when still. When he, when, yeah. I mean, yeah, he was he had the look. Big and and just had that that heel look. He was a ginger, that doesn't help. Uh, that too, yeah. Um <laughs> but you know what? sorry, go ahead. Um, but yeah, he just he never got a character. I mean, mean Mark, who that just sounds like the fucking Brooklyn brawler type like yeah. you know he, he's not going to win any titles as, as mean Mark but kudos to fucking Vince McMahon and, and whoever else it was behind the scenes that came up with that gimmick because for something that when you f- first describe it uh, really he's a fucking
1: dead guy <laughs> uh, a mortician basically uh, yeah. yeah
0: basically that was, that's what it was he was a goddamn mortician Paul Bearer was his fucking yeah you yeah. think that's never going to work but it turned out to be one of, if not the greatest gimmick of all time.
1: Right. Do you know did you ever hear what Paul Bear's nickname was for Undertaker? No. Go back to the red hair. Oh
0: it No.
1: Okay. He pointed out I I don't it was a windy day or something. They were walking going into the arena or something and the wind blew Taker's hair back and this is back when it was red. So he gave him the nickname until the day he died of Wendy. Oh wow. Because he looked like the Wendy's yeah, yeah. Nice. that's that's pretty funny.
0: <laughs> Initial tests on Bud Dupree are a torn ACL. Yeah, that's uh, not the fucking news that I wanted to no. end my Wednesday with. Sources tell me, test coming to confirm, a team expects him to be lost for the season. Yeah. God damn it. Yeah, that is uh, definitely not good news. That's, yeah,
1: that's horrible news.
0: You know, I'd like to. I mean, that's it was a freak thing. Nobody touched him. He was rushing the the passer. He wasn't even like cutting on it. It he was basically going straight up, and maybe he was just starting to push inside to to go towards quarterback. But it just looked like it went. And yeah, that's fucking heartbreaking. Uh, and it's it's really sad for Bud because. It,
1: contract, contract year. year yeah,
0: and he's all he was playing on franchise tag and was having a great year him and TJ Watt just absolutely destroying offensive lines and quarterbacks and that is that's a huge blow to Pittsburgh without a doubt um Highsmith it's it's your turn your time bro um uh, learn learn from those guys and, and come in with your fucking head on fire mm-hmm. and uh, make everybody proud because losing Bud Dupree is is huge
1: Right.
0: Wow. Do you have anything else?
1: I'm too sad.
0: Yeah. That. (laughs) Yeah. Just kind of ends, ends it on a pretty fucking somber note. Uh. So yeah. Little little bonus coverage for you there. Um. We will probably come back here on Monday, I believe, and maybe do a. uh,
1: Uh, Maybe. I mean. See. A review. Um.
0: Well, Monday. You said you're off Monday, right?
1: I. We'll talk afterwards. Oh. Yeah.
0: All right. We'll see. Right. You're not gonna watch the game. I Uh, mean,
1: what? I. It's not really up to me.
0: Oh, it's always up to you. I mean,
1: how? Never mind. I have jury duty. That's why this is kind of up in the air.
0: The game is Monday night.
1: It's Monday afternoon at four o'clock. Yeah. You'll be out of Jerry D to bed. Okay.
0: So I know, I know how that shit works. All right. Anyway. Yeah. We'll be back uh, at some point, probably Monday or maybe even I might even, depending on what happens uh, at the game Monday night, I might do another solo run. Uh, Jake, if you're listening, boy, I hope you're feeling better. Uh, Get healthy got the got the rona. Oh, that's, Jesus. Yeah, that's why I did a solo show Friday cuz uh yeah, he's he's down and out. Uh so yeah, Jake, if you're listening, get better soon, buddy. Yeah. And we will see you soon and that is going to wrap it up, guys. Go Steelers 11 and 0. Hate haters suck it. Goodbye.